First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Good Morning Liberty. Still, you still to this day don't have my band on there, Nate. Do you want your band on there? Maybe one day. Okay. I want to feel as good as you do. I'll make an intro with your band on it if you want me to. Well, good. Uh, well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning here. I'm Charlie. And I'm Nate. Yeah. I t- You're I, here today, by the way. Yeah, I was gone the last couple of days, uh, you know, on some personal matters. I had to just get on here and ramble for an hour. Well, yeah. That's what I pay you to do. <laughs> just ramble. <laughs> Try to put... You know how hard it is to sit here and have to put together coherent sentences for an hour one after another there's lots of people that do that i i know there's less people than don't right <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, you, if that makes in sense. all fairness though like the talk show guys they get a break like every seven minutes for yeah, commercials and, and they got people sitting off you know telling them you know talking in their ears and telling them what to say and stuff you yeah. know like rush limbaugh has got that guy in his ear all the time that he Mark talks Levin's back and Mr. forth Producer. with. Yeah. I always hear Rush. Producer. I've always wondered if the dude that Rush Limbaugh talks to is even actually exists because like he'll be talking about, yeah, oh, so we're going to talk about Edward Snow. And then you go, Oh, what's that? Uh huh. All right. Well, no. So you think that, huh? Like, do you think there's ever actually anyone there? I don't listen to him very often. So I, I, I haven't listened to him like four years. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. He'll just like be talking to this other person. You can't hear their voice. Okay. He just talks back and forth with someone who is supposedly in his ear telling him information. I can't remember the guy's name. Is it Snurdly? Snurdly, I think is what I he calls know. him. Yeah. Um, so he just talks back and forth. And what that's what we're missing here is the guy that's in our ear or girl. Just yeah. someone in our ear th- that we can talk back and forth with. Maybe it's not. Maybe it actually isn't anyone else. It's just a, another consciousness that he's conjured up. Yeah, I think it might be like a a stalling technique while he's trying to come up with what to say. That's possible. Is what it could be. You could steal that tactic. Yeah. So we should tell people to subscribe to the podcast. Yes, our subscriber numbers are growing by leaps and bounds. I think that's the best way to say it. Or bounds uh, and leaps, whichever direction you want to make <laughs> it go. Yeah, uh, growing real quick. We're so happy about all the people who are subscribing to the podcast and listening every single day we cannot thank you guys enough it is so crazy to release an episode and then hit refresh and just see this this many people have listened to the episode this many and i'm just like wow people are listening to us talk that's so weird yeah you know but yeah we're very thankful to them and if you have not subscribed then hit that subscribe button that's why we tell you to do it every show it's not like it costs money you just hit it and then we get another subscriber, and you have a podcast that gives you information on life, liberty, and your pursuit every day of meaning. Uh, and, you know, hey, better life for everyone. Yes. So, I don't know. We're going to talk I, about... You know, I subscribe to other podcasts. You do? Yeah. What, which ones do you subscribe to? <clears throat> a few of them. I like the the Jordan B. Peterson podcast, the yeah. the Joe Rogan show, yeah. or experience. Yes. Um, there's a few others. Um some sports ones and some different genres mm. that I that I subscribe to, and whenever they release a new episode, it just I, pops up on my phone. It refreshes. Yeah. Well, people should do the same same thing for us. Yes, because today we're going to talk about surveillance and whistleblowing and Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. We're going to be talking about that here in just a little bit. But first, we have to talk about President Trump. Yes. Uh, what is it that he, he said? He never disappoints. No, no, he's always got something going. Um, so this whole controversy 
I don't think we're the first ones to tell you guys about this controversy going on with him and the Ukraine and Vice President Joe Biden. Um, I, I don't think that anyone's listening who does not know what's going on there. Um, I will admit, I really don't follow this stuff. And when people I listen to do start talking about it, just like my eyes kind of glaze over because I just don't care about all this stuff, honestly. Well, it kind of leads into, though. The, 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 surveillance, the, yeah, surveillance, the surveillance Yeah, It leads into it. I just think, you know, there's a lot of politics going on, and it's tough to ever tell when something's an actual problem or if it's some kind of manufactured problem as a political technique. So, it definitely is a lot of politicking. Yeah. I saw this, uh, you know, Trump had a tweet a couple days ago that said, if the Democrats really want to push things, then he's got a bunch of dirt on them that he's going to start releasing <laughs> and it's they're literally playing this like dirty game of politics and that's what it's like in Washington DC by the way. And you know what's crazy to me is is like if you have a party or people that are doing that are acting corruptly anyway, you're just going to hold on to that dirt for when you need it to make sure that they don't expose <clears throat> your corruption. Yeah. Is that I mean, is that how this is supposed to go? That's, that's what I thought when you said that. I was like, well, if he's got dirt on them, like he should release that. Exactly. I mean, that's it should it. already be released. If it's information that the public needs to know, you shouldn't just be sitting on it so you can use it as a, you know, some kind of negotiating tactic for later. Just waiting for a good time. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's where my mind went. I'm like, okay, well, if he's got dirt, that should be released right now. It, it really like, should. It sounds like a just blackmail, I mean, mafia dirty tactics. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of... Have you? Did you ever watch House of Cards on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Good show. Good mm -hmm. show. Um, that's kind of what they... They just kind of had a bag of things that they would wait to release so they could they could make threats. That, if you didn't do... Yeah, if you didn't do their bidding. Yeah. Basically, just like protection against someone releasing things against you. And even Thomas Massey said that that show, uh, it wasn't accurate because it's way worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably right. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know the the whole the whole Trump Biden thing. I mean, there was an article that came out, I believe, on the Hill, where Trump had tweeted last night, Thursday night, that he has the absolute right to investigate corruption, to investigate Joe Biden, and all of that. Yeah, his, I, his quote: "As the president of the United States, I have an absolute right, perhaps even a duty, to investigate or have investigated." Corruption, and that would include asking or suggesting other countries to help us out. That was his. That was his quote. And I can say I don't. He's not wrong on that aspect. Yeah, it's it's kind of a. I'm trying to figure out where you draw the line because he is the president is the chief executive, and he does he is the top person as far as the Justice Department goes. All of the agencies that would be doing investigating, like obviously. The president is the, the the top guy there. So, well, uh, why is that? Because he the executive branch is the one that make sure the law is executed appropriately. Yeah, they're the enforcement, the law right. enforcement. Exactly. And so when um, so when there is laws being broken, it's the president's administration's job to investigate that at a federal level. So. I try to. Fi I'm trying to figure out where the line is. Where, uh, if you are the person who is ultimately the top investigator in the U.S., um, at what point in time is it wrong for you to ask someone to investigate? Now, um, I guess maybe he should have gone to the FBI or the CIA and asked them to investigate it, possibly instead of going to the Ukraine government, but. Uh, I can't figure out if there was some kind of corruption, if Vice President Biden, while he was vice president, used his power to get his son a really good job or control over a company or to get him a company in the Ukraine that led to millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for him. If Vice, if vice President Biden used that power to do that, who is supposed to investigate that? You know, is that not someone's job to say, hey, I want you to figure out if this happened? And, yeah. and so if you say that, like, is that is that corruption in itself? I mean, you're asking if someone else will figure out if there was corruption. So well, I, I don't know. I, I'd have a I think the issue is where you you add in the withholding foreign aid from them if they don't do it. 
Right. So, that would be the wrong. Mm-hmm. That's that. Well, you know, we we talked about foreign aid to begin with, but yes, that specific thing would be wrong to do. But but what I want to the, the this whole thing to me basically goes down to the fact of why is this information top secret to begin with? You know, the fact that the Justice Department is investigating Biden, that phone call and him asking, which they released the transcript, obviously they declassified it. But to me, why is it classified to begin with? Because it's clear the government has a valid suspicion of wrongdoing and they should be able to take this to a regular court and get a warrant to do an investigation. I mean, people are arrested and investigated all the time. Now, if the and, corruption happened in another country, how do you have your agencies investigate that uh, rather than going to the leader of that country and asking him if he would investigate if anything, if any wrongdoings happened in his country? And I don't know the international laws on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean can know. we investigate other citizens or other businesses or things that are exist in other countries or do we have to go through the proper channels and ask the leaders of that country to investigate it and then even if there was a crime can can the united states do anything about it because it's not under their jurisdiction yeah well it would i think it if they did find evidence that Biden as vice president was his power, use his power. And maybe he was threatening to withhold foreign aid or to give more foreign aid if they hooked up his son with some kind of sweet position. You know, Um, I don't know. I I think it deserves investigation. Um, Maybe withholding foreign aid was not a good way to go about it, although I haven't seen any proof that he specifically did that. Right. So, you know, I'm just kind of someone who wants I want to wait until all the dust settles and let's just wait and see the facts of the whole story. That's why I don't like getting on here and speculating about this whole thing, because we don't know the facts yet. We, we don't know what happened. We may not, may not ever know. I know. Because you have all this top secret stuff. But, but everyone else, you know, they're just speculating along the lines of their political biases, basically. Yeah. And so we decide that he didn't mean to do this, or he didn't do it that way, or the other side decides, well, obviously he was... And it really obviously this is grounds for impeachment. Yeah, we're not basing anything off of any facts yet. So uh, I think we have to wait for the investigations to go through. We'll yet we'll have another year of different investigations into this. What I said before the show that I think is quite—it's kind of funny. It's like, so if you're if you're um, if you use some kind of power to commit corruption, um, the way to avoid that, the way to avoid to avoid being investigated for that. Is just to run for political office. Yeah, I because guess then so. your opponent who is in office, yeah, can't investigate you. I guess so. Because then that's impeachment. So if you are a Democrat right now, you have free reign to engage in whatever kind of corruption you want to. Because, because the, yeah. the current administration in the government would not be able to investigate that because that would just be election corruption, right? Well, there. and there's, I mean, there's federal election commission laws or regulations, I guess you could say, against this. You're not allowed to use foreign powers to, I guess, harm your opponent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which is them meddling in the election. Yeah. So the whole thing's, um, it's a whole big gray area, I guess, because it's almost like they're conflicting. The the laws are conflicting with each other based on they, elections they and stuff like are. that. They definitely are. Oh, so. whoops. We're not supposed to play that yet. Yeah, sorry. We'll save that for another That's coming minute. up later. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have to go over this this person at the AOC town hall. Um, really not happy with AOC and her Green New Deal. She thought it didn't go far enough. She wants it to go uh, just one step further. Just one step but further. Be- before we get into that, I think this whole situation could be avoided, in my opinion, with what we're what we're going to talk about with Snowden and Julian Assange is the fact that all of this stuff is top secret to begin with, and it shouldn't be. Now, should the United States have some secrets? Yeah, probably. There are things, um, I guess you could say, with foreign enemies that we probably need to keep secret. But this whole intelligence community has just blown up way out of proportion. Yeah, it's it's, it's the, almost like it's gone. It's become w- way more powerful than it ever should have been and we have to talk about why why did that happen how can we have secret courts 
that give secret warrants, that spy on all of Americans, not just foreign people, that collect all of this data, and how do they get away with it? Because it clearly violates your rights, your inherent rights, by the way, that the government's supposed to protect, which is uh, definitely your Fourth Amendment and some other amendments that go along with it, but your right to be secure in your papers, persons, and effects. Yeah. Um, So in that, we'd be talking about the Patriot Act or the Freedom Act. Uh, We, I think it would go without saying, but I'll go ahead and say it, we do not support either one of those acts. Uh, I do understand the idea that it could help us as far as national security goes, that they could uh, stop different terror plots or whatever. That's the way it's been sold. But as we've seen, there's been a lot of abuses of that power. Um, I wanted to point out, Listen to this. This was in 2013. This was in 2013. Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon, asks the National Intelligence Director, James Clapper. Here's the question to James Clapper. Does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? Clapper. No, sir. Uh, Senator Wyden. It does not. Clapper said, not wittingly. There are cases where they could inadvertently perhaps collect, but not wittingly. And just so you know, the definition of wittingly is uh, deliberately, basically. So James Clapper... He stumbled in that, in the last one. He was like, uh, uh... (laughs) We could inadvertently uh, be doing it, you know, but not on purpose. So that's Clapper before Congress being asked about whether or not the NSA is collecting your data. Which was a lie. Which was a lie. A clear lie. Yeah. That's actually, that's, uh, I believe, what would that be, perjury at that point mm-hmm. in time? Um, I doubt Clapper is uh, going to see any prison time for that straight up lie in front of Congress. Just so you know, all of you guys would. <clears throat> yeah. Anyone yeah. else. If you ever lied to Congre- Congress, you definitely would see prison time. Yeah. Or if we had, uh, Trump went before Congress and he was found to have lied about something, I'm sure half of the country would say that he needed to go to jail for perjury. This is actually what Bill Clinton was impeached over, was his lying in in an investigation to Congress about whether or not he had sexual relations with that woman, Miss <laughs> Lewinsky. That's why Martha Stewart went to prison, <laughs> because she was found guilty of lying to the federal government. She uh, she was doing um, insider trading, is, yeah. is what but she, she didn't got. she go to prison for that. Though. Yeah, well, she, she did go to prison. Well, she went for lying. That's she, what yeah, was. she went for, yeah, to prison right. for perjury. Yeah. So let's talk about Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're talking about how all this is possible. I yeah. Mean, how is it possible that, you know, Trump can, whatever, spy on Biden or Obama can spy on Trump or whatever. How is all of this possible? Like, how do we actually fix the problem? Because everybody wants to talk about, you know, all of this is happening. And the Republicans are like, well, the Democrats spied on Trump. And now the Democrats are like, oh, well, Trump's, you know, using foreign powers and investigating and spying on Biden and his family. And they can't do that. Like, we're not even that talking about the real problem. The problem is that they have the ability to do this in the first place. Yes. So I would ask you this question, Charlie. Uh, what what prison sentence would you recommend for Julian Assange and Edward Snowden? None. None. Whatsoever. Okay. okay. All right. What would what would you recommend? Um. Absolutely none. Uh, actually, I would recommend that they both get their own statues in yes. the Washington Mall out there. Yeah. Now, Julian Assange is not uh, an American citizen. Yeah. But he uh, has been brought... Isn't well, He was brought back here, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep, he was. So we'll be... There'll be some kind of court case, maybe, for Julian Assange. Of course, under the Espionage Act, he actually probably won't get a case with a jury in the... Uh, you know, like a, a real trial by jury, like you're no. supposed to have. Um, and that's... Isn't what isn't that one of the things that Snowden is, is asking for, right? Yes. So Snowden says that he will um, come back to the United States for a trial if he can receive a fair trial. And his definition of a fair trial, which I think is reasonable, is him being allowed to enter evidence um, and let the jury hear uh, why he did what he did. So a lot of times what they do in these um, 
espionage acts, like what happened to Chelsea Manning, um, what happened to, or what would happen to Edward Snowden, what's going to happen to Julian Assange, and other whistleblowers before these guys and gal, what they did is they don't allow the jury to hear uh, any of the whys. Like, why would they do something like this? Yeah. Um, they don't allow any evidence that's classified. Yeah. Uh, because it's classified. And according to the statute, it doesn't matter if you reveal that the United States was committing crimes. It only matters that you broke the law. Yeah. Okay. The 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 statute that you're being charged with. Yeah. So it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. So exposing the government for corruption and committing crimes um, doesn't somehow you're not allowed to let the jury know that. Now, just to steel man this argument, let me present this. And I know this is obviously a different scenario, but in the fact that he wants to be able to submit why. Now, I think he should be able to testify and say why he did it and everything like that. Take another trial. Uh, imagine that you were arrested for theft in some kind of way. Should it matter why you did it? Why you stole something from someone? Or does it just matter that you broke the law? I think it should matter to a jury because the our justice system is based on a reasonable standard. Yeah. Right? And so if I'm like... Um, let me give a good analogy here. What's a good analogy? I'm just wondering, like, if I was on trial for stealing my neighbor's stuff, should there be any cons- legal consideration if I was like, well, my neighbor was a was a piece of crap? and Or what if I was like, I guess if I was like, well, you know, I heard my neighbor actually stole all that stuff from someone else. Um, that's why I did it. Now, I was arrested for for robbery or whatever that's called. Um, does the why matter behind it or am I still on trial for that crime? Uh, I'm just wondering if the, if the jury should, let's say, I mean, this is obviously an even more extreme ridiculous case, but a woman, um, kills her husband and, uh, comes out, you know, she's arrested for murder and she clearly did it and she admits to it. But then in the, in the trial, she says, well, he used to beat me, you know, he used to do all kinds of terrible things. Now, does that have any bearing on the fact that you broke that law? You know, well, well let me give you a different example. Let me, let's, let's spin this from another, another side. <clears throat> say you, uh, say you're driving down the road with your kid and there's a car wreck and you see it all happen. And this car bursts into flames and it's just you and your kid. And you decide to leave your car running, which is fine, but you leave your kid in there and you go try to rescue people and somebody calls the cops on you and you get charged with child endangerment because you left your kid in the car by himself. Yeah. Now. That's a good analogy. Right. So now, so now you're charged with child endangerment. Does it matter why you left your child? Yeah. That's a good response. I mean, could a jury not reasonably say, okay, this guy was also saving lives at the same time? Yeah. I'm not saying you should leave your child alone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think there's a reasonable standard for a reason. Yeah. And I think that if you are exposing war crimes or crimes by the federal government, then you should absolutely be able to at least present that to the jury to let them decide, is this a reasonable, would a reasonable person in this, in this position do what he did and is it, should that be lawful or not? Because here's the thing. There's also uh, a thing called jury nullification because it's one, it's another step or another blockade. You could say that the founders did a genius do- job of setting up. It's another blockade against immoral laws because you can, we, ha- you know, obviously things get challenged and they go to Supreme court or, you know, other um, laws get struck down in other various ways. The last defense you have against immoral laws, like let's take the Jim Crow laws, for example, is if somebody could be charged with breaking that law and whatever law it is, like say, you know, there's still laws in the books right now of like you can't spit on sidewalks or you can't do whatever. Yeah. So say you were charged with that crime and you were going before a jury and then the jury can actually decide 
that you're not found guilty and they can they can actually strike the law they can nullify they can say uh i mean technically he's guilty of breaking the law but that's not a law we should have anyway yeah yeah and so for a defense to be garnered against what you're charged with i think it's absolutely fair to explain the why and let the jury decide would a reasonable person in that position um make the morally make the moral decision that he made specifically speaking to to edward snowden or uh, julian assange and so you have to ask yourself if a reasonable person would do that then can this statute um uphold itself yeah to me um, and the answer to that is no just point out again i was just trying to steal man i'm not trying to say that i disagree with uh anything no no you did. don't I'm, um, I'm countering your steel man yeah it was a good one um so what i see as a danger in this is the fact that that okay so the government does illegal things they do things against the constitution of the united states um, what is the process now? That, doesn't this really put in danger anyone else who ever wants to be a, wh- a whistleblower if they're working for the government and they see that the that the government is doing illegal things? It like, absolutely does. So, so now what the precedent is that if you expose the illegal things that the government is doing, I guess unless you work in the Trump administration, I guess the precedent is if you expose illegal things the government is doing that you could go to prison for Mm -hmm. treason something something like that i mean that's a really dangerous idea according to the statute too like with what edward stone was charged with um and i'm almost done reading his book called permanent record really great book if you want to check it out the according to the statute the maximum sentence is uh 10 years in federal prison per document per document per document okay and he gave journalists hundreds if not thousands of documents proving uh their crimes yeah so what i always what i always hear in these in these cases um is that he put people in danger you know snowden releasing the things that he released he put he put some other government operatives in danger you also hear this with julian assange that the things that he released through wikileaks he put people in danger actually they said uh let's see what they said he potentially endangered u.s allies in afghanistan and the for this is in the case of Julian Assange, uh, the Taliban vowed to track down named U.S. informants, and those were names that were put out through WikiLeaks documents. Um, so they're saying that, uh, see, WikiLeaks also released a video of a U.S. helicopter shooting civilians in Iraq. So um, That's from Chelsea Manning. So that mm-hmm. these these problems here, what they do when this situation comes up is they say that well he he put in danger our national security he put in danger our operatives that we have in in other countries and so what i'm wondering is you know do you think that matters does does that matter if you put people in danger by releasing classified documents then is it wrong to do it well i think you have to ask yourself what what put people in harm to begin with the fact that they were there exactly yeah so, so, and there's a couple things too, is that they also put themselves in harm because they were committing crimes. So it's like, I don't know where we left off on in humanity on this, but if somebody commits a crime against your family that they're not supposed to do, um, you're probably going to want to go after that person. Yeah. I mean, any reasonable human being would, right? You know, if you harm my, my son, I'm going to come after you. Yeah. And so when these war crimes were exposed, not only were, you know, the army or whoever it was, the military personnel killing civilians, um, they were doing it. It was criminal action and they were exposed. And so does it put them in danger? Well, yeah, but it's their own fault. It's, yeah. They shouldn't have been committing the crime to begin with. If they wouldn't have been committing the crime, then they would never be in danger ever. That's all a consequence of the fact that we are around other countries everywhere meddling in their in their business all the time. 
when you expose different operatives that we have in Afghanistan or Iraq, the, the base of that problem is the fact that we are there in the first place. No one would be in danger if we weren't in a place we shouldn't be in. There'd be nothing to expose. There would be nothing to expose or the things that he did expose, they wouldn't have put anyone in danger because we wouldn't have been there to be put in danger. So, uh, you know, when it comes to, they always give this excuse, and I think Snowden said something about it, but they always give this excuse of, oh, it was a national security risk for them to do this. Uh, they they put people's lives in danger, and I know I heard Snowden specifically respond to that. It was a national <clears throat> security risk for the government to do it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to the root cause of the actual problem. Yeah, he, he responded with his, what was it he said about his oath? when he took it was to protect against enemies foreign and domestic. Right. He said my oath is not to the intelligence community. And even though he swore an oath to secrecy that when he realized that the government was doing illegal things that his oath to protect us against uh, enemies foreign and domestic that it superseded his oath to secrecy. His agreement. He had an agreement to secrecy but an oath to the constitution. Okay. To uphold the Constitution against, uh, protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And violating the Fourth Amendment is uh, something you should defend against. This is something so, I, so that's another thing he can't bring in court, by the way. Which one? That defense. Oh, okay. Not allowed, not allowed to bring in that defense yeah. either. But he has said if he can bring these things into his defense in his trial, that he will come back. He would love to come home. Yeah. yeah. He said it multiple times. It's in his book. Um, but not being allowed to have that kind of defense, that's not a fair trial. It's stacked yeah. against you. Yeah. The government, God, there's so many things in the justice system that's stacked against you. You know, like only 8% of cases go to trial. Really? All of, all, <clears throat> almost all of them are pleaed, uh, plea bargains. Yeah. And like your right to an attorney, there aren't, you know, it's not that the, that, you know, the public defenders are not good lawyers. It's just they have such a massive caseload. You can't actually provide quality legal defense to any of your clients. That's actually a really good argument for public versus private. The 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 reason that uh, poor people will get prison time more more so than just say like a more wealthy person is because the poor person has to go with the government provided defender, and that person has an overloaded caseload. Uh, they're generally going to do a worse job at mm -hmm. defending you than someone who is working on the clock, getting paid a lot of money. They're going to find every single way they can to get you out of to get you out of trouble. Whereas the public defender, they're not. They don't have any incentive to do anything other than to file your paperwork. That's that's about it because that's when they get paid. Right. So that it's a good argument, not only in the legal system but for all other systems. When you're thinking about it, that this press this. This example flows out to other things that the government provides. You know, a mm -hmm. public defender is the worst kind of defender that you can have because they, your best interests are not in their interest. They, they just want to shovel through another person so they can get paid. And that generally goes along with anything that you want the, the public to provide to you, whether it be medicine or, or anything like that. So that I mean, the the our problems with public defenders should be a good argument against public health care. Also, yep, private <clears throat> over public every single time. This is something I think both sides could come together on, though. This Assange and Snowden thing. You know, if you're worried about corruption in the government, uh, which you know we can talk about uh, Venezuela. One of the major things that caused their downfall was apparently the corruption inside of their government. You know, if you're worried about corruption in government, you should not want these people to be going to prison for whistleblowing things that the government was obviously doing that was illegal. And I feel like you should be able to get a, a big enough coalition of people on all sides of the aisle. Obviously, libertarians are for it. You should be able to get uh, some people on the left side of the aisle and some more liberty-minded people on the right side to all come together and say, hey, when people expose corruption in the government or they expose things that the government's doing against the Constitution, we don't need to be putting these people in prison for the rest of their lives. That creates a terrible incentive for anyone to ever come forward. And, and to me, that's the biggest problem. And what's interesting to me <clears throat> is this whole—go back to the controversy with, with Trump— and when he first got in the office and when he was running, 
the FBI had started this investigation and his campaign already. They were, you know, Trump kind of famously said that Obama tapped his phones, which is not really, that's not really what they did, but they were investigating him. And Obama, his Justice Department did go through the FISA court system to be able to spy on Trump during the election. And what's really interesting to me is that I've heard plenty of Republicans talk about this. I've heard Mark Levin talk about it. I've heard different people, you know, your Rush Limbaugh's and then your Republican senators, all kinds of people talk about the fact that the Obama administration abused their power. They abused the FISA court system to spy on a, an election opponent. And then that doesn't, that doesn't transfer with them into the idea that we shouldn't have this system in the first place. You know, the, the problem is that this is this will always be corrupted. It will always be corrupted. The issue is the Republicans, they were just fine with this power as long as it was their guy that was in office. And we make this we make this argument about all kinds of stuff when it comes to economics and socialist economics. It's always okay when your person's in office. And to me, Republicans should be able to transfer that mindset to the abuses in the FISA court system that took place while Obama was in office and the fact that they were able to spy on Trump's campaign, potentially using faulty information to, to obtain the warrant to do it. You know, they talk about this, uh, the dossier, the, um, oh crap, I can't remember the name of it. Um, they, they talk about this, this falsified dossier that led to them being able to start this investigation and start spying on Trump. Well, yeah, that's, that's the problem. The problem is this will always be abused. And even if you're okay with it while your guy's in office, you have to remember that your guy's not always going to be in office. Eventually, Bush isn't there anymore. Obama's in there. Now it's so now it's a Democrat and now he can abuse the system in whatever way he wants to. So when I hear these people complaining about this this falsified FBI dossier that got this whole investigation for into Russia started. I'm just like, yeah, exactly. That's what Rand Paul was talking about when he was filibustering the Patriot Act. You know, that's what Thomas Massey and, and Lee and Amash and all these people on the libertarian side were, were talking about when they were against the Patriot Act and the Freedom Act, because you never know who's going to be using this power. I don't understand how Republicans don't see that. And I <clears throat> I want to squash the the notion that, you know, Edward Snowden or Julian Assange could have went through the proper channels. Because they're, the reason why Snowden did what he did when he took these documents and gave them to reporters is he it was a very thoughtful process of getting this information out to the public um, to have a public debate over whether or not the government was committing crimes against its own citizens. And the reason why he chose the channels that he did is because history has showed, has shown that the government tries to destroy whistleblowers and a great example. um, And I was looking this up just now. I couldn't remember his name, but I remember it now. And there's a great website, by the way, called whistleblower.org that gives you um, the history of whistleblowers. And so, a great example was Thomas Drake. He was a National Security Agency senior executive. His name was Thomas Drake. He identified a massively wasteful and ineffective program that sacrificed security and privacy. Drake reported the program first using all the internal channels. He uh, reported to his uh, higher-ups at NSA. He went to Congress, the DOD, the Inspector General. And then later, when nothing happened, he gave it to a reporter in 2005. And he was prosecuted under the Espionage Act, and he saw the case collapse by June of 2011. So they actually didn't, they weren't able to convict him. But nonetheless, he was forced to mount a crushing legal battle for four years, and his career was destroyed. And so this is, they destroyed him. They destroyed Thomas Drake, um, even though he tried to go through all the proper channels. And so this is a, um, you know, it has a whole list of people that, you know, expose fraud. They expose all kinds of things. Um, What's the they prob- blew the whistle, let's say. Yeah. But if you go through the proper channels, the government will destroy you. Yeah, it's when, okay, I found out that the government is doing something wrong. 
Who do I need to tell about it? Oh, I'm sub- yeah, I got to go through the proper government channels to expose all the things that the government's doing illegally. That makes no sense at all. That's why Assange made WikiLeaks. It was supposed to be a dump for any for any whistleblowers to to put their information out there because it's obvious that the government does it has no incentive to to take care of its own wrongdoings all the time. And that's what you're asking is that is that in this administration, whatever it is, when someone comes forward with wrongdoings, that you should go to the administration so they will expose it. It's a ridiculous idea, and obviously it doesn't work that way. So this this whole mentality about Assange and about about Snowden is to me it's just really dangerous. And I I know that you know we talk about it all the time that they should be they should be free. Assange should be let go. Snowden should be free to come back home. Uh, it's a really terrible, tragic thing. A guy like him, I'm assuming he is in his what late 30s, early 40s Who? by now. Uh, Snowden. Something uh, like he's that. like 36, maybe. Yeah. And now he, I mean, his life is over now. His life is, he's not going to be able to come back. If he does, he's going to go to prison. He's basically in prison Russia, right now. I mean, Russia may send him back. You never know. Yeah, they might uh, negotiate some kind of terms well, uh, for a foreign aid to be able to get him back. He's married now, and him and Lindsay are living over in Russia. But yeah. of course, he doesn't want to live in Russia. He yeah, wants he, to come home. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. To me, that's just a really tragic thing that you have someone who simply expose the fact that the U.S. government was blatantly going against the Constitution, and so many people agree with the fact that he needs to be put in prison for it. Well, and I want to say, too, that this has nothing to do with um, wanting, like keeping the military safe. Of course we want to keep our military men and women safe. That's why we don't want them in wars to begin with. Yeah, yeah. The wars that they shouldn't be in. So it has nothing to do with... Um, you know, people exposing secrets that might endanger our military. We, we don't want our military endangered. Um, but at the same time, we can't forego our inherent rights to be left alone and not to be searched. Um, when we're not suspected of committing a crime. Yeah. And so the fact that in a free country at that point in time, you're not, you're not in a free country. We're literally one thing Snowden said in his book too, that I liked, a lot um, is he compared all the things that China communist China does in public, yeah. you know, about collecting everybody's data, um, you know, reading all their Google searches and what their posts are and collecting all this information on data. Now China uses it um, to go after people. Yeah. Um, people get murdered in China. Still, they get put in prison, <clears throat> uh, political prison for all these political reasons. Uh, if you say anything bad about the China government or whatever. So China does all that in public. And what Snowden compared it to is America's doing the exact same thing. It's just in secret. Yeah. And now some of the secrets have been exposed, but it's like no one cares. And I don't understand that. You know, a lot. another great quote I love from Snowden is people say, oh, well, you shouldn't uh, fear being, uh, you shouldn't fear being, ah, dang it. If How's you have nothing going? to hide. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. If you have nothing to hide. Yeah. You know, like, um, you shouldn't fear, you know, being searched if you have nothing to hide. And that's the same thing as saying, well, you shouldn't care about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like everybody has something to hide. Yeah. You know, one crazy thing that he said <clears throat> in the book, and this may shock all of you out there, but he said that, you know, everybody's all your stuff, by the way, is being routed through the government and they're collecting it. And he said, every Every person at some point in their life um, has uh, looked at porn or at least looked it up. Yeah. Like on a Google search or something. And he said, people from the meanest terrorist you could ever imagine to someone's grandma, they've all looked it up. <laughs> like, and they know this about you. Like, there's other things too. It's like, do you have, do you want all of your secrets exposed to the world? You know, like, and there's a lot of people out there like, well, if you have nothing to hide, well, sure. You got plenty of, everybody has something to hide. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, the other thing I don't get is we have this whole HIPAA protection, you know, like with patient information because I work in the healthcare field. So you have all these protections against like your medical information. Like what about all your other information? Like they can go in and read your emails. They can read your G chats, your, your, you know, your, your, whatever messenger app you use, they can read your iMessages messages whatever. 
there's a few apps out there that do ending encryption like signal which they're and, trying to and WhatsApp, outlaw. right and they're trying to outlaw that yeah but it's like of course everybody has something that they don't want everyone to know like there are also people out there that aren't afraid to admit their mistakes and ask for forgiveness and that's great but there's also all kinds of things out there that a lot of people don't want anyone to know ever and you shouldn't have to let anyone know unless you're suspected of committing a crime yeah and if if you haven't committed a crime then your moral dilemma is your moral dilemma not anyone else's. Now, smooth transition here. I think the only option is for us to start eating people. I oh, yeah. I think that's the only option. Well, why would we, Why in the world would we ever be worried about the government spying on us when the world's going to end anyway? Uh, that's another thing. I mean, yeah. we're all dead in, what, 10, 15 years According anyway. According to this lady, we only have a few months. A few months. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we have this uh, AOC was running a town hall back home. And one of her constituents came up and said, hey, I, you know, I, I love everything you're doing. I agree with the Green New Deal, but you need to take it a step further. We're not going far enough, okay? Um, so, so this is, uh, is actually what she had to say about that. Months left. I love that you support the Green Deal, but it's not getting, you know, getting rid of fossil fuel is not going to solve the problem fast enough. A Swedish professor saying, you know, we can eat dead, dead people, but that's not fast enough. So I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. <laughs> we don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now, please. You are so great. I'm so happy that you really support a new Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people. Take it off the table. Pollution. We can't bomb Russia. So we have to get not enough. rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. I mean, it's very Loud and clear. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. We'll go ahead. Um, That's good. Okay. We need to eat the babies. No, we'll go ahead. It's so Loud and no, clear no. there. Oh, no. You know, look, I obviously don't. This is a joke, but uh, we can be comedic, right? This sure. Is, it's all about free speech. I think she should lead by example and off herself. Yeah. <laughs> if there's too many people, well, uh, if you really believe in that, you could help everyone out. Man, I don't know you if know? I want to go to a campaign dinner that she's hosting. <laughs> no way. Oh, man. She should probably be investigated for, she's probably already eaten some children. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. She probably just goes, gosh, thanks. <laughs> oh, God. She probably goes dumpster diving outside the Planned Parenthood uh, clinic oh, all the time. Man, I think uh, she wants to eat them alive, though. Oh, okay, I got we you. Got too many, too many know. babies. I out don't there. know. That's too far for me. That yeah. seems cruel. No way. So this idea, this, <laughs> I don't even know where to. How, like, obviously, this woman's a kook. The crazy yeah. thing is, though, is. Uh, you know, AOC never said that we shouldn't. Yeah, no, she, she did didn't not say, shut her down. She just said there's many options that we have. <laughs> like, is eating children one of the options? I don't know. There's a lot of good options out there. That lady you know? said her shirt said, eat children. <laughs> eat children. Now, there have actually been, a, she said it, the girl that, like, there's a, it was a Swedish uh, professor that said that we needed to start eating people. Uh, that we needed to eat dead people, basically, that we're, we're not, you know, that would stop us from having... What would that do? I guess all it would do is stop us from having to uh, use cows all the time. We'd use people instead. So it's more efficient. <laughs> Just for an efficiency purpose, we would be eating people. So... Um, <laughs> um, is this, uh, are we going to have, uh, like, farm-to-table restaurants? <laughs> people meet? <laughs> Oh, oh man, I, <laughs> this is sick. That's I keep so having all sick. these terrible things pop up in my mind, but yeah. like, just imagine how different your uh, after funeral, you know, party would be at the at the family's <laughs> house. <laughs> you know? Oh, Bob was a good man. He was <laughs> just a great man. He loved life, and uh, you know, we're happy for him, and we're you know we're sad for his family, and. Uh, you know, I, well, we started roasting them about six o'clock in the morning. So, uh, you know, we marinated them last night God. and, uh, yeah, we did a full body roast. 
<laughs> and so you guys can just pick away at that, you know, oh, after, uh, you know, saying our prayers. Hey, can you guys save that breast meat for me <laughs> over there? It's the best. Oh, man. So, um, I, well, I mean, thing, Bob had great thighs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's uh, reserved for family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Just for that. <laughs> Only the family gets the, the good stuff. Oh, man. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think anyone's taking this girl seriously, but... This does present one of the dangers of this alarmist philosophy all the time, this idea that we're all about to die. So once you convince yourself that this is all about to happen and we are all about to die and that there's nothing we can do to save the planet, this is something that eventually some people can go down the road towards. It's similar to Drastic. a lot of, it's like crazy people who end up being mass shooters and everything. I mean, Drastic they, measures. They convince themselves that there that there's not any other option, that humanity needs to be taken out because we're, we're terrible. And, right. Um, and that's an extreme ideology there. And this also presents uh, an issue with the extreme side of that ideology, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and... Some of the criticisms I saw were that AOC did not, she didn't shut her down. She didn't say, no, we're not going to do that. She didn't say, that's disgusting. That's terrible. There's no way that we could do something like that. That's a terrible idea. Um, She was very respectful to the person who was suggesting that we needed to eat human children uh, to protect our environment. And some Apparently, there's no line with AOC. There's no line you can cross. I guess not. That's her... That's her philosophy, and I guess there's just uh, there's nothing that can be done about that. So um, I don't know. Uh, I think that we can end it here today. We did this for we did have a fan email in or a listener email in and ask what we thought about the Assange and Snowden cases. I definitely think you should pick up Permanent Record by Edward Snowden and read it because it's yep. a fantastic book, and he goes into a little bit of Julian Assange and, and WikiLeaks. Yeah, check it out before it gets banned. You yeah. know, once it's in your mind, they can't take that away from you. So nope. so go ahead and get that book and listen to it now before it's gone. Um, but anyway, guys, we thank you so much for continuing to listen to this podcast. Uh, we are going to be doing this every single day forever. You can't stop us from ever doing this. We're going to be getting the message out there. If you guys want to help us in that, you can follow us at uh, on Twitter at GoodAMLiberty. Follow us on Instagram at GoodMorningLiberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to our website, goodmorningliberty.us, so you can read all kinds of great articles on politics and economics, all of those good things. And uh, go to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop or gmlconnect.com. All the links are on there for the shop. We're doing a gun giveaway, doing all kinds of cool things. So go check out those links. And if you guys do all that, uh, leave us a rating and review. Five stars if you think it's worth it, because it is. And so uh, if you guys do all that, we'll be back again on Monday, because today's Friday. Yep. So Monday it is, the start of a new work week, a lovely, glorious work week. But you'll have us to listen to. So we'll be back on Monday. We hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.